0: Third time's a charm. Cheers, Alex. (laughs) Fuck yeah. So folks, if you're tuning in right now, today is June 30th. It's a Friday. It's 2023. Um, We've been doing podcasts with employees from Cresco's flagship store, otherwise known as Sunnyside Wrigleyville. If you're interested in seeing some of the interviews I'm referring to, check out episode number 291, 292 and 293. Those feature three separate employees that all have their own unique story about uh, their working experience at Sunnyside. Today, we're continuing the trend and I'm joined by Alex. Alex, welcome to the Chilinoy podcast. We've been uh, dealing with some technical issues, so we'll just pretend I haven't asked you this question two times (laughs) now. Um, (laughs) Go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Hi, guys. My name is Alex Noki. I worked for Sunnyside Wrigleyville um, for a year. Awesome. And, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you came from the California industry. California, was that yeah. right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I came from Humboldt County. So wow. I was making fashion BHO in Humboldt County um, prior to being 21. So it wasn't like I had my 215 or anything like that. But I'm no stranger to the cannabis industry and all different aspects and forms of it but I can honestly say that the shit going on within Cresco is absolutely insane. Cause I mean like the company as a whole operates the way the Wrigleyville bill store does. So it's not like it's just us dealing with this. This is people at every one of these stores.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, my next question, cause this is the question <laughs> I've asked that has broken the streams. I'm afraid to, to ask it again, if it jinxes us, but right off the bat, when you came over from California, what are some of the, and then I want to get, into your story and experience, but I'm just, I love to hear this. What are some of the things you noticed right off the bat, difference-wise between the markets, uh, California and Illinois?
1: Um, the amount of corporate involvement. That's just like the biggest thing. It's, it's an insane level of corporate involvement. I mean, corporate delusion is really more so what it is, but the level of corporate involvement and the way the employees are treated um, we were treated much differently out in Cali, um, even though what, what I was doing was black market and not legal it, I was still treated better than how I was treated at Wrigleyville
0: <laughs> Wow. Wow. So you were treated better by your, um,
1: by, plugs, un, by like-
0: unlicensed, uh, em- employers than your <laughs> licensed employers, which is yep. crazy. Yep. I mean, so, um, I just want to give you the space. You know, we've been trying to connect for a while and mm-hmm. I know that you have a story and an experience you'd like to share. Yeah. It's um, your floor, Alex. Go ahead.
1: Hey, um, <clears throat> so I want to say when I first started out at that store, it it started out well, it did. Um, the bathrooms worked. We had an upstairs Everybody was cool. Everybody had fun. It was a really good work environment when it all began. And when I started there, it was right after they moved locations. So I only worked at the John Barleycorn old building, not the one where they had the two across the street, which I think is insane that that even went on that long. Um, But it was all good once I, when I first started, but things definitely started to take a turn once the bathrooms went down. Um, I recently realized that they must have like given that gym all of our emails cuz I get emails from this gym like regularly now and I never signed up with them. I never gave them my email. I never gave anybody permission to give them my email, but now I get like all these emails. And they didn't pay for this like 2 month trial that they put us all on. They probably went through it expecting that more of us would start paying for it. And that was the reasoning of the like thing with the bathrooms and why the gym agreed to it at first. Cause I know now that they're not able to do that, that they don't have that going on. So
0: they're not able to do that.
1: I don't think that they have partnered with the gym again.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: the way that they were for those two months. And I really think it's because that they gave them our information. Cause I know multiple other people that still get emails from this gym, never gave them an email, never. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't understand how they got my email or why I'm getting all these emails.
0: And it's sorry, weird. I, I want to give you the space, but I am just curious on this cause I've never <laughs> really, I never really thought about it until you described it that way as a partnership. Did you like, how did it work from the employee's perspective? Like, did you just walk over and there walk over there and say, "Hey, I'm a sunny side"? So-. Like, did you ever did you ever use t-
1: them or? A number, you were giving your. I think my number was like 47 or something like that. And I'd like walk over there and tell them the number, and then they like made a check mark. They had like a like a, a clipboard and it had like all of these numbers on it, and they would make a check mark every single time you came over there. And I was like, that's. It's kind of weird. Like whatever though.
0: Did you and notice it? Did you notice if your process differed from like other actual members coming in?
1: Yeah. Cause they had like, I'm pretty sure like saying their names and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? They had some other way of going about it, but like for us, like we just said our numbers unless you like were really cool with the people that were working at front desk then you could just like wave and they like knew mm-hmm. what your number was and they would just like check you off. Um, but it was technically like a partnership. So because we didn't have bathrooms, so we shouldn't have been open when the gym wasn't open, but like the gym would close early on Sundays. And uh, we didn't know that. So at three o'clock Sunday, if you had to go to the bathroom, SOL dude, like good luck, figure it out, find an alley. Um, Somebody actually got locked in the elevator because we didn't know that the gym closed. And they walked across the street, got in the elevator, go up to the gym, didn't realize the gym was closed, and got stuck in the elevator. And uh, we had to, oh. uh, they had a the fire department.
0: <laughs> wow. And while they had to go to the bathroom, too, they're stuck yeah. in the elevator having to go to the bathroom. That's nice. Yeah, right.
1: Um, but to be honest, I didn't really mind that too much going across the street. It got me out of having to be in that building, which in and of itself was disgusting. Um, and I didn't like all of the coworkers, so I had no problem using a separate bathroom um but I think where it really started to get bad was come winter and there was no heat in the back and we were doing deliveries with jackets on and we couldn't have multiple heaters plugged in because it would blow the fuse and we had to we had to plug them in in, in our kitchen and then run a wire to the back room like the garage where we would do the delivery. So if somebody used the microwave or something, you would blow the fuse. So there was no way around this. And the fuse box is upstairs. So after we got the upstairs taken away, you had to get a manager to go upstairs and reset the fuse box. And like, there was only one manager who was ever willing to do that. And the
0: upstairs is really dangerous, which is probably why the only one manager, right? Am I right?
1: Yeah, but I kind of, I wish that the upstairs had been around a lot longer because it was a lot more of an open space. And I feel like tensions didn't rise so much mm. between management and like the rest of us when that upstairs space was available. Cause there were bathrooms upstairs. There was like a place for us to like sit and chill and not have a, a bunch of cameras looking at us. Cause we're in a dispensary and at least upstairs, they were just like the two. So everybody could kind of relax, you know? And like, I don't know. I They should have just fixed the upstairs. They had two years to work on a building that they didn't work on. Um, but I feel like a lot of my old coworkers have touched on that super hard and have done phenomenal jobs talking about it. Um, one thing that I would like to talk about is the constant misgendering of employees that went on by management. I mean, we had fucking pronoun buttons, dude, and they couldn't get it right. Like you had people who were constantly misgendered. There was somebody's dead name that was used on a break sheet on a regular basis. And I mean, that's, that's horrific. Why would you put somebody through that?
0: And for folks that don't know, can you explain what dead naming is?
1: Um, It's there, it's a dead, dead name from before they transition. You know, it's not what they go by. It's not their, it's not their name. Just that's not their name. So there's no reason for that name to be used. And so for that to come up on break sheets and i mean this was happening during pride month last year where i was still coming up on break sheets even prior to pride month you know and the other months going on in the year like it was absolutely ridiculous and it was insensitive and cruel and weird and so wrong um but that was the way our management started to kind of operate there were a few of them that just were very Inhumane and like not compassionate or caring and not it's not what the weed industry should represent. And I feel like that's what it's representing now in Illinois is management staff that is like that. Because I worked at two other dispensaries after leaving Sunnyside, both of which absolutely horrible, not even worth naming. No. Um but the management staff at one of them was quite the same way and it seemed to be a running theme in the industry i guess that this is how corporate wants their management teams to act and treat people
0: i do think it's worth naming those other companies do you mind
1: um i also don't want to give them that pu- like publicity though
0: but we're not giving them good publicity right now
1: i guess um, <laughs> you're,
0: you're saying that they're I'm just the first, like cresco you know so
1: um, almost worse a little bit okay cannabis i worked at the okay cannabis and wheeling um They fired half their staff because they couldn't afford it.
0: I heard about that shit.
1: (laughs) I have the email still saved, um, that somebody else sent me. I was fired because of insubordination, but I was simply questioning a manager's understanding of compliance because it was very different than the compliance that was going on down the street. Mm. And like, yes, compliance differs, you know, district to district and so on. And it's like a really not a clear cut thing in the state for some reason. But,
0: but it sounds like you were having an honest conversation (laughs) Yeah,
1: and they took it as like insubordination and started yelling at me on the floor. Um, when I asked them why they were so hostile and aggressive towards me about it, they immediately took a step back and went, no, I'm not. And I decided to let HR know. And then they immediately sent me home and then fired me two days later over the phone the Mm -hmm. same time that they fired everybody who was part-time because they couldn't afford it anymore. Okay that's okay cannabis (laughs) gotcha not worth it Um, was there
0: another one sorry i don't mean to keep us on this tangent we'll get right back to it
1: also worked at ivy hall but they have a really good management team over there that i think are going to make a difference and the people that are there a lot of them are really good people um it's somewhere where like if i'm gonna spend any money in illinois I'd probably have somebody go there for me that still works there. <laughs> um they're they're decent, they're decent folks. They're definitely still trying to get their head around things, but they have better understandings of compliance and knowledge than a lot of the other dispensaries.
0: Cool. Sorry for the yeah. tangent. I just thought it was important. No, it's
1: okay. Um, damn, I'm gonna have to roll another blunt.
0: Hey, but... it's encouraged.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm so down. But um, when I was working at Sunnyside, I had something, I had two very traumatic events play out in my um, personal life in a two week time span of each other. Um, my older brother, unfortunately, committed suicide last year on June fifteenth, um, And two weeks later, I was in a horrible domestic violence situation. Um and Cresco was well aware of both of these events. I had to get an order of protection. Um, when my brother committed suicide, I immediately called out of work. You know all of <clears throat> that kind of thing. <clears throat> but um, it was after those things, and I kind of saw the real side of management and Cresco as a whole that it really started to get bad for some reason. Um I couldn't continue to watch his name pop up on tickets. It was like I was supposed to go on bereavement for like it was like twenty four, twenty five days, but then after two weeks I was like I can't keep sitting at home dealing with this. I just I didn't know what to do. It was a very weird space and grief. Um and I had reached out to HR and I was like, can I come back a little sooner? <clears throat> and they were like, yeah, absolutely. And so I did. And I should have not, but I did. And it was about a week after I came back. And I had asked uh, the manager on staff if I could leave early because I didn't want to be customer facing. And I, um, when you work at Sunnyside, you get a ticket. From the customer with their name on it. You know, not just looking at their ID, you're looking at this giant ticket with their name on it. And I couldn't keep looking at tickets that had his name on it. And so I asked to leave early. Um, and this was a uh, turning point for me when I started to really look at all this much differently than I was. Um, he looked me dead in the face and asked if I wanted a half point or a whole point. Not like, are you okay? Like, did you want to leave right this second and get a whole point? Or did you want to wait like 20 minutes and get a half point? Like, not am I okay? Not why? What's going on? And I looked at him and tears just started flooding out of my face. And I had to almost run out of the manager's office because I was like, I'm not going to allow this person to see me cry because look at how nil compassion you have towards like another human being that I thought we were more on like a friend term too. Cause like I've smoked with you outside of work. You know what I mean? Like we've also all smoked together outside of work. We all know each other like, and for it to be treated as such was disgusting. Um, if it weren't for the AICs that were on staff that day and the awesome, awesome inventory manager that we had at the time um, I probably would have either rage quit or fired but he was able to look at the other two managers and demand that i leave without points without some kind of disciplinary action because there was no reason for it like we have they worked off like an eight point attendance thing and like managers though have can make special excuses for things you know what i mean and this was obviously one of those points in time like but that's how management decided to deal with that. Well, two of managers. While well, my inventory manager had to fight that I leave without disciplinary, disciplinary action. And he was one of the best inventory managers we had. He, he left. And after he left, it like really went downhill. Um, and the union did nothing. The union did fucking nothing. That union was a waste of money. That union was a waste of time. That union laughed at us. Absolutely, that union should not be representing cannabis workers in any way, shape, or form. They don't know what they're doing at all, they have no experience in it. They, um, I worked for Jewel Osco and they weren't that great at Jewel Osco, so like we're talking
0: about UFCW, right?
1: Yes, yeah, um, 881, I believe. They, um, they were the union at Jewel, they weren't that great there, they were horrible with Cresco. We literally had like a two hour video chat between a whole bunch of employees and our like head um people over at the union and i remember they thought we had all signed off and there were a couple of us still on and they laughed at us they they fucking laughed at us and they like were saying like oh yeah like we'll do this every two weeks and try to like keep up and like helping you guys and like blah 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 and like nothing nothing like, a lot of us still have recordings of it, like, literal footage of all of this, because this was, like, we thought it was insane the way we were all being treated. Ignored, like, we were begging for, like, for help from anybody. We were asking, like, lawyers that were coming in that were medical patients if they could help us in some way, shape, or form. Like, we had no bathrooms. We had man- we had no heat. We had management staff that didn't give a fuck about us in any way. Um, Not all of management, but a good majority. Like, there were maybe two managers that cared about all of us and once that inventory manager left there was only one manager that cared about all of us and she couldn't do it all by herself and um i'm sure that ran her rampant um but they just they treated all of us horribly like the level of sexual harassment that went on from customers to all of us like i think allison touched on it a lot like We were like harassed by customers that would come in from Wrigleyville on a regular basis. There was this one man that would come in that seven of us at least would walk off the floor because we would not take him. We would not deal with him. Like he mocked me once to my face for no reason. They had to get an AIC out on the floor. and Even then management still wanted the AIC to go through with the sale. That's what they cared about. They cared about that shitty little pack of joints then they cared about their employee who goes through 170 people for them and pushes $20,000 to a register, but they cared more about that $30. That's what kind of corporation Costco is. Um, And that person still isn't banned, I'm pretty sure, because what you have to do to actually be banned is, like, you have to, like, physically, like, get in our faces and, like, scream at us. And then, like, we can't even call that ban. They have to email corporate. And then corporate has to watch all footage and decide if it's even, you know, worth banning. So people that aren't there, that have nothing to do with us, are deciding who's being banned and who's safe to bring into this building and who isn't. Um, I know recently a security guard who had been with the company since before it was at the John Barleycorn building got fired for removing somebody from the store who was saying that they were going to bring back guns and shoot up the store. And this security guard physically removed this man from the building because the manager on duty gave them the okay to, and then they still turned around and fired him. He He's in our, he's in our armed forces now. Like he, he's, <laughs> it's, it's insane. So they don't care about any of us because they know that there's a line of people waiting to take all of our jobs. So we're disposable to them. And that's like the biggest issue is they don't see any importance, care acknowledgement of the time and energy and knowledge that all of us put into that place on a regular basis right sorry that was a super long run
0: no dude this is what this is what this is for we're (laughs) allowed to do this it's not like we have any time slots or ads we gotta play you know um this is what this is for giving you the the full floor to um talk about these things and you know one of the tough questions i've had to ask all of your co Uh, i don't want to Call them your friends if they're not all your friends, but your coworkers. Um, uh, Like, it's not an easy question to ask, but like, frankly, what you're describing sounds like Walmart, which is, I think, what they want this to be. Like, they call this a CPG industry, a consumer packaged good industry. And think about any other consumer packaged good. Like, when you go to Walmart, they don't treat the employees well. They have to work shit hours. They don't have any rights. I'm sure that getting hit on is a normal thing at Walmart. And I'm not saying this is okay. I'm not saying this is okay. I'm just saying I that.
1: Have, like men like demand my phone numbers and we're still not banned. Like literally like I walked off the floor. It was so fucking creepy and had whole AICs telling them like, you can't speak to people like this. And we're like, it's a free country. That was their response. And then was like, through a fit and then security had to come and like remove them like it was it's so fucking strange because like that's what i mean out in california there's like a level of respect for people that are in this industry like especially from the customers like where you're like would you talk to your drug dealer like that you know what i mean like before we legal have you ever bought drugs in your life no and it shows it fucking Mm -hmm. shows because you think you can come in here and speak to these people this way like
0: right again and i feel like just uncomfortable asking this question but like again do you think that like walmart has banned like if if i went and hit on somebody at walmart like maybe but i just feel like it would be so hard for walmart to enforce the ban and it's i'm not saying we shouldn't do this this sounds weird for me to even like say this but it's like when you put that in your mind and you realize that that's who these companies want to be like they want to be the walmart of weed yep So like the things you're talking about, like while I agree with you and while I think, I hope most of my listeners are agreeing with you, this is disgusting. It's like, I feel like this stuff happens at Walmart and Home Depot and all these things every single day to women and men. And, um, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that this is, this is who these companies are. Like they want to be the Walmart of weed or whatever, you know?
1: thought it was insane when this would happen and they would tell me that um there was one guy who's just said something super creepy in our fishbowl once and like like i said we have printed tickets with people's fucking names on is them.
0: the fishbowl the room in the front where yeah. you check in?
1: Room in the front where you like scan the ids and everybody just kind of like oh yay, like, yeah like yeah um and but this guy, like I, I printed him a ticket and I handed it to him and he said something really just derogatory, just flat out disgusting. I'd only been back from bereavement for like a day and a half at this point in time. And I had asked not to be customer facing and it was ignored and I was put in fishbowl. And I was then I was in fishbowl without without a security guard, without somebody else with me. I was completely by myself. And there was like a line out the door, which is fine. But this dude just says something absolutely Absolutely fucking disgusting! And then tried to walk into the fucking dispensary. So I jumped up and like ripped him backwards and was like, "Hell no! Like you're not about to say that to me and then try to walk in here." Like who the fuck are you, dude?
0: Yeah.
1: And then security got involved and the manager's like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" And I like handed him them this this ticket and was like, "This is his name, you know what I mean, Ben." Like what the fuck? Like this needs to be like that's predatory behavior. Like that's weird. And they told me that they couldn't ban him because he's never made an account before. And so their whole banning process doesn't even make sense because it can't even, if you don't have an account, they can't fucking ban you. So if you go in and you do an OBO every single time, right. they'll be able to actually ban you because you don't have an account. So it will right. never pop your, your name is scanned that you're banned. And I was like, that's fucking insane. And actually that is-
0: that's kind of what I was working up to is like adult use patients. There's actually a part of Illinois law that says dispensaries cannot store your information. So like, it's like, you could almost take a picture of that person, but it's like, even that I would consider that my information, you know what I mean? So like, it would probably be hard to enforce a ban as a dispensary when that law exists, like you just said, cause they're not, that's crazy. So anyways, again, I want to reiterate that I am <laughs> like, it feels weird to like point these things out. Cause it's like, it seems like I'm like arguing for the devil, but I, I'm not,
1: no, it's you know. okay.
0: So, hey, I wanted to, well, I'll save this for later. You brought up security. I actually got a message from one of your security guards that's just insane. Which I'll one? I'll bring it up later. I don't know. Uh, they w- preferred to remain anonymous, but I'm sure you can confirm what they uh, shared, which would probably yeah. go towards you feeling unsafe at work. Um, but I didn't want to get in the way of what you were talking about. Um, so... We were talking about working conditions and the fact that bans are <laughs> very it's rarely a- issued and not enforced, you know. It's
1: like impossible to ban people. Um I mean, not even just I mean, and the sexual harassment that goes on within the workplace as well is fucking gross. Um at least um like between co workers. A little bit in his episode. He talks about he talked about a uh, situation, but he didn't, wasn't ever sure if it got resolved or not. And that situation was between me and AIC and two other wellness advisors. And it was never resolved. So that's all, it answers all of Eden's thoughts that he originally had on it. But um, I had an AIC who was standing behind me purposely during 420 checks, um, who was saying derogatory stuff to other coworkers and was speaking this way about my body, another girl's body. She was asking somebody else how they would feel since they've decided to stick with men. And they are like, it was weird. Like this girl has serious issues and was an AIC and would speak about other people, their bodies, all sorts of shit. And when we brought it up to management, we were told by HR at Cresco that it was our perception.
0: What are some of the things they'd say if you don't mind?
1: Um, she would stand behind me during 420 checks, and because she wanted to see all that cake back there, she would comment about another girl's chest on a regular basis. Um, she would. One of our friends married a man, but was bisexual, so she was asking how she would feel never having pussy again in her life in the vault, openly around a whole bunch of other people, like was speaking to us like that. An AIC. And then was like going out of her way to like follow us around the store and like antagonize the situation. And this went on for months to the point that when she started acting like that, I would just immediately write an email to HR and our district manager as it was happening, describing exactly what was happening so they could sit there and compare it on their cameras to the timestamp on my email. You know what I mean? I was giving them all the evidence that they needed to be like, this is fucking weird. Do something about this. And instead, we were told it was our perception. Why? I have no idea. No idea. I mean, this girl was very close with the GM at our store. And I think that that had a lot to do with it. But even so, um, they ended up transferring her because she sucked as a GM and let a bunch of horrible shit go on on a regular basis. So.
0: So, really quick for folks that are listening, GM's an easiest easy one, general manager. But you also threw out the acronym AIC—that's Agent in Charge, right? Yes. Thank you. I just try to make sure that people know what we're talking about.
1: I was an AIC at Ivy Hall. Like, I wouldn't—I would never ever speak to any bud tender or address them the way that this girl spoke to us, addressed us, and treated us on a regular basis. And I mean, she would treat the other AICs like this as well. She got into a screaming match once in the garage during um, a 30-day inventory count with another AIC. And nothing was ever done about this girl's behavior. It was just like constantly like brushed off or like allowed. And it was also one of the reasons that I left. And I made sure to let them know that that was a reason why I was leaving was because the way you handled the situation was incredibly poorly. Like, you don't treat people like this. Like, I, like you guys are dropping the ball on shit that really fucking matters. Like, and it was just, it's shitty because Cresco, if they hide, like, if there were good people, shit could actually change. And I mean, like, good people, figureheads, lobbying to push these laws to make them more suitable to what's actually needed from the public and from the people that work in the industry but instead people are chosen for leadership roles that only have corporate interests in mind and it's destroying cannabis in Illinois.
0: Yeah. But see, that's just it. You just brought up lobbying and stuff. Like they're not even like when they lobby, they're not pushing for things that actually like they're it's not substantive reform that they're pushing for. They push for just enough to, to create an industry for themselves um, and to keep those that would purchase from them in that industry just legal enough to remain in that industry. In other words, anything that happens outside of that industry, they fully believe should be enforced by the color of the law, by by law enforcement. Law enforcement are their armed cronies. Like yeah. when I've asked prospective operators or existing operators why they don't want like the full decriminalization of cannabis or, you know, things like home grow to be legal. They ask their like immediate response to me is like, how would that affect the market? And my thing is this has never been about the market. Like the market is something that comes with it. Actually having been decriminalized a legal market would arise because it's no longer criminal, but like first and foremost, people should no longer be able to serve prison sentences for just Mm. cannabis. Right.
1: Oh, correct. While, um, I was working at Cresco. There was a protest in front of our store last summer, you know, uh, speaking about that. I don't remember who the people were, but I distinctly remember this protest because I want everybody to know that was fucking, that was worked with Cresco to like do that protest. like, our manager told us in the pre-roll meeting, like, Hey, so there's going to be people outside. It's going to be kind of loud, but like, we're working with them. Like they're actually on our side, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's super weird. Cause they're, they're protesting that. Like how are we selling weed when there's still people sitting in Cook County for selling weed, you know? And that was, but the, I mean, it got like way wilder than we all expected, but that was all worked on like with Cresco supposedly. That was like this, they had like followers, they're like live streaming it. And like, I don't remember exactly who it was because it was just in my way in that moment, trying to get like to and from the door. And do you remember
0: screamed. the time approximately like the oh, it was
1: time? Cause there was a Cubs game going on too. Okay. It was. I mean, it was like the only, it was the only time there was a protest there last summer in front okay. of Press, in front of Sunnyside. So if you, I probably should have done my own research before it's saying okay. that exactly who it was, but yeah, that was That's the only went on last summer there.
0: Yeah, so I just wanted to say to your point, it's like to expect them to push for like an equitable and fair and like honest and safe workplace would just it would seem so weird considering everything else they push for. Like they literally um yeah, I get really frustrated. I drink I beat this drum all the time and you know <laughs> I, I feel like I'm I've been just screaming into the void forever. So my most effective, I think thing that I've done recently is I sat down with the mother of a child who's currently serving he's seven years in his 23 year prison sentence for a cannabis charge 23 years in prison for cannabis
1: it's fucking ridiculous
0: you know and he's not alone this this happens to we read about this all the time and um so yeah, to hear it from her perspective made me feel less crazy. So for folks that want to check that out, that is episode number 298 with Tina Riker. But anyways, yeah. I'll close the point by saying that I'm glad you brought up lobbying because that's kind of the best way to show who this company, these companies really are because of what they don't push for. You know what I mean? And, and what they fight against. Like I said, they do have a history of lobbying against HomeGrow, which means... Like that's a, that's a weird way of saying that they're lobbying for the criminalization of cannabis. If you think about that, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. No, that's, ex- that's essentially what it is. They only want you to be able to get your weed from them.
0: Correct. Yeah. Wow. And they lobbied alongside police. So it's like, wait a minute. I thought that this was about getting the police out of the equation. Why are you working alongside the police? You know? So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, it. <laughs> Thank you for also covering things that that we haven't gotten too too far into. um You alluded to your case that wasn't necessarily solved. thank you for for providing clarity on that. You said Ethan mentioned it. Is there anything else with regard to that? I'm not trying to talk about the sensitive details of it, but I am trying to give you the space to talk about some of these things you've gone through you know so is there anything else that you wanted to mention with regard to that or other um
1: I Thanks. just I personally think a lot of the behavior that just went on like my my brother committed suicide I'd been with the company like seven or eight months at that point and like I was that person that went through when Ethan said that there was somebody who was like congratulated for going through 170 people that was me like I one of our weird weird managers said it in a pre-roll and I remember it, it just felt weird so there's no reason like there's just that was all just so weird that that was like glorified to them like so for somebody that you guys were like able to say like oh what a great job you did all this and like you made this much money and you have this much in your register and this and that but then like my brother commits suicide and you guys couldn't even like send flowers you know what I mean like you're a whole giant company like of man and a management team that could have been like hey he- you know what I mean like his in old school business, that's how things would be done. When things like that happen to your employees, you care about it because they work for you. They're the backbone of your company. So when like extreme life advances like that happen, you should show your support and care and concern by making gestures and moves like that. My father a small business owner. He treats his employees great. His guys love him. And he makes moves like that because he wants them to know that they are appreciated and cared about within that company. And Cresco once again, just continuously dropped this ball of giving a fuck about the people that make them their money. I mean, towards the end of it, they were in pre-roll. They'd be telling us they want us to make $110,000 today and blah, blah, blah. We would all just get up and walk out because what was the point of hearing that? Like, I'm not going to try hard on the register now. Like I'm going to move four times slower. Like we also, at one point there was a, um we had a no, like a no strikeout clause in our CBA agreement with the union, but we also had, um there was something about a slowdown strike. So if they saw us obviously working slower, that was grounds for termination. If they thought we were getting other employees to work slower, grounds for termination. Like, That's where that union, I don't, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but there's definitely something else going on there. Because when you do the math of the amount of employees that work there, the amount of money that's taken out of their checks yearly going towards this union, it adds up to a pretty nice little sum of change. And so, and then they don't answer, they don't care. They laughed at all of us. I mean, we had no heat. We had no bathrooms. The union never once did anything, like, and we were being obviously treated differently than the other um, Sunnyside stores. I had friends that worked in Schomburg. I had friends that worked at River North. I mean, River North had their parking discounted down eight dollars a day. At Wrigleyville, good luck finding a fucking parking pass. I think I paid off like six seven hundred dollars in parking tickets during Cubs games last God summer.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. And they did not give a fuck. They did nothing to get us parking passes. They did nothing to try to work with like a parking garage near us, to get us discounted parking like they did for River North. They also decided to raise uh, River North's minimum wage than what we were making. And it was higher than what was in our CBA after um, the Wrigleyville store unionized.
0: Yeah. But what, yeah, that's kind of a, it sounds like they kind of do that though, especially even to their locations that haven't unionized or whatever, but.
1: Well, but we brought it all up to our union and was like, here's all these distinct differences of how we're right. being treated differently. Um, here's receipts of all of it, because it was really easy to email somebody else in like a corporate, in a different corporate office and be like, Hey, can you tell me, like, I want to transfer stores? Can you tell me what the difference would be in sick time or PTO mm-hmm. and blah, blah. And they would tell me all of that, you know what I mean? And we'd be able to screenshot it, bring it to our union and be like, hey, why are we being treated like this? But these other stores are being treated better and we're paying you. Right. It could never do anything about it somehow. Like in the entire year I was there, the amount of like evidence and receipts that we brought to these people that they didn't do anything with. And there was no change ever. Just blew my mind. So I was like, you guys have more than enough to be able to do something, you know? Yeah,
0: the the con- the misconduct is the one that really stands out to me all the different forms of misconduct you you've described because really quickly the the difference in yeah. benefits, like I get what you're saying, but honestly, whatever they agreed to on the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA that you're describing, like that's what they agreed to. So yeah, just because some stores doing it better, The union and Cresco agreed to those terms. And so it's not like they're going to give you any more and they're definitely not going to give you any less because they can't by contract. But you know what I mean? So, but I, I, I'm not trying to downplay what you're saying. That sucks. But I think that the one that stands out to me and the one I've heard through all the conversations is that the union does sound useless when it regards to like the very valid complaints that you have. And again, I'm not saying the, the thing you just brought up with, differences and benefits isn't valid. It's just that whatever is in your CBA, that's what's in your CBA. So just because something's better doesn't mean you can just add it, you know, to your contract.
1: But there was ways in wording in there where um they could have, like our managers could have done more. Like Fair. if our managers cared yeah. enough, they could have brought it to corporate and helped make significant change for us. Yes. But instead they didn't. Right. And That's the part where that's the part for me where it started to break down, because if you guys want to like act like you're on our side and like you care about us, but then all of these things you're not doing. I mean, the whole bathroom thing, um, we were sent an email by he was a district manager um, blaming all of the women in the building with their period products. I screenshot the email. I still have it. Um, Like a couple weeks later, he was asked to step down after sending this email to all of us because it was incredibly discriminatory and so wrong and so weird. Um, And even the wording that was used, we were a beautifully diverse store. And he used the word all the women in the building. But it was people with periods because of the diversity within our store. That's how it should have been worded and how it should be worded because there's so many different people that worked at Wrigleyville. And this person decided to say it differently, was asked to step down. And then a couple of weeks or, say a couple of days, I believe after that, management had started asking some of us to just go around, get a pen and paper, and uh, write down the products that everybody used so they could get them for the store. That was their that was their basis. So they wanted to get these products for the store for us to use that they wanted to pay for them, and blah, 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 but they wanted us to write down. Somebody's name, what kind of tampon they used, and then give it to them. And I was like, that's so weird and creepy and cringy. And I'm not going to be a part of that. So I let HR know and I was like, hey, I just want it to be known. You know, here's this physical receipt for me to have that I said to you that, hey, this is really weird that your manager is asking this of people and asked this of me. And I'm politely declining. But personally, what I'm saying is if you buy generic pads and tampons, I don't think anybody will be upset, you know? nobody ever bought us pads and tampons
0: that never happened
1: the the whole six months went by nobody bought anything for us so it was it was like why why did you really want this weird list of so you could figure out who's flushing shit like after you guys had a cameraman or a plumber with a camera tell you it was dirt and gravel and then you guys accused us of carrying like dirt and gravel around or some shit like it was super weird they like just continuously wanted to blame us for the bathrooms and I just didn't understand that part of it. I was like, it's an old building. Like, come on. Like, you really can't. Again, you fumbled the fucking ball, Cresco. Like, you had two years to fix a building. You fucking chose not to. And now you're trying to blame it on the people that work here.
0: So what what did the union have to say about it? Like, whenever you would report any sort of misconduct or or about these working conditions? Like, have, have you but ever have heard?
1: About...
0: Sorry. Go ahead.
1: They asked if I wanted to file a grievance. Oh, they would ask if we wanted to file a grievance against that management, against that employee, blah, blah, blah. But like filing grievances couldn't always work out in your favor. So a lot of the time that wasn't the move that you wanted, because then you're walking around with a giant target on your back. Um, management's definitely going to treat you differently. You're definitely going to end up spending your whole day on register, or your whole day spent split between OBO and register. You're not going to like. It's they're going to retaliate against you, basically. If you try to file a grievance with the union, management will retaliate against you. And I like, I personally felt it and saw it. I tried to move forward with that AIC, file a grievance, file a grievance against the GM because she was allowing this to go on, even with viable proof because there was another manager in the vault and overheard some of the weird and creepy things that she said. And, you know, I made it to it It was like, yeah, that happened. And still there was nothing ever done about it. So filing a grievance just meant that I was then put on register and OBO every single fucking day, even when I asked not to be customer facing, even when I like openly said I was still like grieving, like I'm still grieving over my brother, that's going to be a loss that I'm going to feel for a long time. And some days are like, better and some days aren't. But it was like an open thing that they knew I was dealing with and I would ask not to be customer facing. They'd still put me customer facing. Um, Towards the end of my time there, I wouldn't even go into a meeting with her because I didn't feel like being gaslit and lied to. So she like came out of the office and like pulled me aside on the registers in front of customers, people, coworkers, and was like, you think I'm like retaliating against you and blah, blah, blah. And like, tried to be like, show me on, I have the, I have the break sheets from the last couple of here are the two days that I wasn't customer facing. And I was like, pull up every other day in between. And she did. And I proved, she proved me right right there in front of a bunch of people. And I was like, why did you do this? Like, I didn't want to come in your office. I didn't want to just, the grievances were pointless is what I'm getting at. Sorry, absolutely pointless. They didn't lead anywhere good for anybody, almost ever. They were just retaliated. And then the union did nothing about being retaliated against. So the union did nothing for us. Personally, that union did jack shit. Uh, I was a waste of money. <laughs> it was a waste of twelve dollars for my paycheck every day for a year. Like pointless.
0: Damn, you didn't like. I, I'm just curious. Like, did did any of the benefits that you got out of the union come into come come in handy, or uh, were you able to utilize them rather uh, when, like, for example, the loss of your brother? Um, like, were you able to utilize bereavement leave and
1: Um, my bereavement leave, according to HR, was never like actual bereavement because I've tried to point that out because I received I received attendance points when I was on bereavement, which shouldn't have been attested to my attendance. But because it wasn't like actual bereavement, like it wasn't covered under FMLA, then I was still able to receive like uh, disciplinary action. It was some like weird email like that, and I was like what the fuck are you trying to say here like this is a whole bunch of like really just jumbled up words that you're trying to tell me that this isn't covered and that you don't care and here's your attendance point yeah and like the union because it wasn't covered under fmla which blows my mind because i don't understand how that's not covered under fmla yeah i have
0: a friend that lost his sister uh you know to suicide and uh he was able to take fmla so i don't yeah i don't know but i don't know i've never i am privileged in that i've never had to take fmla um you know or fortunate whatever word is right but um yeah i'm sorry for your loss by the way um
1: thank you um
0: so I can't even imagine, and to have to deal with, with everything else that you've described. um, And with seemingly no support, I've been wanting to ask, and I haven't thought until talking to you to ask, like, has anybody ever contacted the state of Illinois? And I'm not even talking like the employment hotline. I'm talking like different, I don't know what you would get out of a cannabis department, like IDFPR or whatever, but like, has that happened at all? Do you know?
1: Uh, I think I looked into, I looked into once how to like resubmit the sexual harassment from the AIC, but like the amount of work that like goes into that, and I just didn't have the effort or energy to be able to at the time, just made it not, not suitable. Um, but I, I don't believe so. As far as OSHA, I don't think anybody's contacted anybody else, And even then, like contacting OSHA, I'm not sure if that was ever even helpful to us because as far as I know, there's still no heat in their delivery room and there's still no upstairs and they only have like one working bathroom sometimes. So like contacting OSHA hasn't done much either. And those were like four or five different people that contacted OSHA. So they had a fatty list of complaints from our store alone and nothing. Yeah. Thank
0: you for mentioning that. I was going to ask about OSHA too. I don't know, you know, who could help or, but I just figure, you know, casting a wide net and it sounds like you've done that. You and your coworkers Uh, have done that.
1: Yep, we, It um, sounds like
0: you're not getting any help.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think anybody really cares about the cannabis industry here. I don't think that people care about how those people are being treated. I like, I think back, like I don't have very many friends that still work there anymore just because most of those people have left. So now it's just a whole new group of people trying to do the same things we were probably trying to do and getting still nowhere with it. And they're just being degraded and treated even worse because I've, made enough friends in this industry to find out that um one of their new district heads that they brought in was brought into Vera life to clean house so i'm sure that's why she's at cresco too yeah
0: that's uh that's insane um well um anything else like with regard i've still got this security message that we can read up but um you know i still want to give you the space and the floor to talk about the things that you wanted to talk about
1: um i just think that none of it's going to change until the laws change and stop buying stop buying illinois weed honestly i feel like if the people cared enough and stopped spending their money at dispensaries and instead go other routes i mean michigan isn't that far missouri isn't that far you know what i mean like sure you got friends that got we you know like there there's other ways to go about it if they want to see like serious change because at this rate like this is disgusting like you can't trust the unions you can't trust the people in charge of these companies you don't really know what you're fucking smoking i mean i heard through the grapevine that somebody got a very bad respiratory infection from spraying terpenes onto the candy rain down at like a grow so like you got to be careful with what you what you smoke is from these places because really it's it's not i don't know if it's really weed
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no dude um that shit's crazy we saw that on a pre-roll joint one time we posted really? it on our instagram where it said that that they added some sort of flavoring to it and yeah it was like a sprayable terpene And you can do that, I guess, in Illinois. So, but it was on the label, folks. So, like, check your labels, I guess, is what I'm saying. I agree with you, though. I want to say I agree with you. Do not buy weed in Illinois, because what you're doing when you do that, most of the operators in Illinois support this limited license market, which means, again, to go back to what I was saying, anybody who doesn't have a license, the enforcement mechanism is the police. It's not like this, like, hey. You should really have a license if you want to do this. It's get in fucking jail. Yep. You're an animal, just like before. Like they throw all the same rules. At you. All of the rules that existed before 2020 are still in effect if you if you try to do any of the things that these licensed operators are doing.
1: But if you have the right amount of money and you know the right people and you're the right kind of person for them, then you're all good. That's all you need in Illinois.
0: That's Right. <laughs> That's right. So when you're, when you're spending money at Illinois dispensaries, what you're doing is you're financing uh, the continued war on drugs in a sense. Uh, And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm holier than thou. I've, I've had to go to Illinois dispensaries in a pinch before. Um, Like if I need a cartridge, like I don't always know somebody who has a cartridge. So I'll pay what I call the convenience fee to just buy a fucking cartridge that day if I really need one. Right. It's not something I feel good about doing. In fact, I go home feeling bad about doing it. And that's okay, folks. Like, I'm not saying you can't... If it's your only option in doing it, or it's your only option in acquiring cannabis, go ahead and do it. But just know what you're doing. And I'm not trying to, like, shame people. It definitely sounds like I am. I'm saying I carry that shame, too, when I go to an Illinois dispensary because I realize that I am financing the continued War on drugs, because these companies don't want you to home grow. They don't want these criminal penalties to go away. And um, when you spend money with them, you're ensuring basically that those values continue. Um
1: tip your bud tenders. Tip your bud tenders, because the ones in the suburbs don't make shit compared to the ones in the city. So especially tip in the suburbs, but tip everywhere you go. Yeah. Like a four dollar difference in uh what you make in a sunny side in the city compared to what you make like out in Schaumburg,
0: and the tips are the only way. Am I right in saying the tips yeah. are the only way you could actually pay somebody that might care about cannabis because that's typically who the bud tenders are. Like the bud yep. tenders are actually in it to win it, yep. you know.
1: we the ones uh, with all the knowledge. Me. In I in it, it for the people. Some of my managers, so we we understand the compliance and the knowledge behind products what it is you're looking for what you're trying to feel i mean i've worked at bud tenders who are some of the smartest fucking people you know like who can nerd out over weed all day and it's great and like those are the people that matter and that's what should be supported. and maybe one day there'll be an employee ran dispensary but i don't know It yeah. just I think illinois has to change
0: so i'm going to do something interesting i'm going to try to play this clip and I'm hoping that it that you're not able to tell what I'm playing because it sounds so similar to the cannabis industry. It's not the cannabis industry. I'm gonna play the audio from the clip because if I play, if I showed it, it would give it away. Uh, so here we go. Let's see if this works the way I want it to.
1: right? And it's that context is important because it sets the stage for the way that these laws favored not workers, right, not patrons, not even the communities that they operated in, but specifically brothel owners.
0: Okay, so I just gave it away. Brothel owners. So but, but you heard about this. So I've been interviewing people from the legal sex industry in Nevada and what i have found is a similarity between and i know that, that sounds crazy that there's a similarity between the sex industry and the cannabis industry but the, what the the only similarity and the the horrible similarity is that everybody in the business of legal sex in nevada just like in everybody in the business of illegal cannabis in illinois they like demonize the the you know gray market or the, you know, the unlicensed market, they ensure that the criminalization continues so that they are the only ones that they hold the monopoly. Right. Yeah. So it's a very interesting, like I say, it's obviously the line of work is very different, but, but at the, you know, when you look at it from a regulatory standpoint, they've captured an industry and anybody that tries to practice that industry out without without a license all of the same (laughs) rules apply you you get thrown in a cage
1: that's interesting that's seriously interesting
0: it doesn't it say something about the illinois cannabis industry that i can make an analogy to the sex industry and i look i'm totally supportive of the sex industry but like most people probably well, I already know that people do not like when I make that comparison and maybe some people are listening right now, but when you look at it from that standpoint and you don't get the, you don't know, think about what the actual work involves, yeah. there are striking similarities. The laws only protect the people that own the business. The employees are not protected. The patrons are not protected. You know, and the communities that they set up in really don't benefit. Um in a way that that would come with the, the true decriminalization of either drugs or sex work, which is yeah. the comparison we're making here. That's a
1: really yeah. interesting comparison. I've never heard somebody make that comparison.
0: It's definitely something to chew on. Okay. Yeah. If just, just a shameless plug, if people want to hear more uh, right now, we've got the series streaming at chillinoynet slash sex. And there's a new episode coming out soon and we'll be finalizing it soon and releasing it for public watching. So it's only available on our Patreon right now, chillinoi.net slash sex. But yeah, check that out. If uh, what I just talked about interests you anyways, though, didn't mean to get into that. I just, you know, what, what you described where it's like, it doesn't seem like this is to protect us or to, to help the people that come in, you know, it seems like yeah. it's only meant to make people thousands of dollars. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Well, um, before I read the security message, anything, um, any other thoughts? I still wanted to just give you the floor, give you the space.
1: No, I think I've covered a lot.
0: Cool. Thank you again for chilling with me this afternoon. Um,
1: yeah, of course.
0: And for making sure that we got together. I know it's been a pain to schedule with me. Um, but uh, so this message I got, this was actually a, quest- a comment left on our podcast with Allison, your coworker. Um, this person said, I work security there. We were armed. They made us unarmed and lowered our pay, which made me care less for the job. There was a customer that was aggressive and had to be dragged out. It was security that was disciplined. Oh, Hey, is that what you just described? And the (laughs) same customer comes in and threatens a guard by beckoning him outside and even came in one day with a pocket knife visibly sticking out of his pocket. A guard was fired for the incident but the customer is allowed in still and even got an apology from the same former manager. We were told to step back always until a manager tells us to step in or a customer gets physically aggressive. If we don't follow that procedure, we could lose our job. They want us to monitors they want us to monitor deliveries still despite being unarmed and the deliveries take place in an alley. So if anyone decides to do anything with a weapon we're merely witnesses and likely the first target because we're security we're contracted. So I don't know the ins and outs. I know I just know that we're unarmed told explicitly not to enforce any rules and seems as just a body they're required to have there. I don't know what he was trying to say with that last one, but um, they gave us a heads up. The hours were reduced. Guns were removed and pay was lowered a week in advance. I barely made the seniority list, but a lot of my coworkers either scrambled to find a new job or were pressured by the short heads up to go from 40 hours a week, 40 hour work weeks to however many hours they could find. We used we used to have three to four armed guards per shift. Now we have a single unarmed guard. I asked them, would you be interested in coming out to the podcast? They said, unfortunately, no, I can answer any questions you have, but we're contracted. So while they can't outright fire me, Sunnyside could simply request I don't work at their locations anymore. It's also sometimes unclear what decisions are Sunnyside's and what decisions are Pal Americans, the security company we work for. I'm in the process of seeking employment elsewhere. I just wanted to add in a little bit of extra info from the security point of view, but I'm not sure if I've had if I I'm not sure I'd have much to add outside of what Allison, Ethan, and DJ have said. So that was the uh, security guard.
1: So I can say that that's going on at every fucking dispensary for some reason. When I worked at Ivy Hall, it was the same way. We had one fucking security guard who was unarmed, made no sense to me. Um, That's incredibly dangerous. That's absolutely insane. Um, The security guard that they fired is in our armed forces and was told to do that by management. Um, I'm sorry, that just made me so angry because it's once again, a bunch of people being treated horribly, like all for a corporate benefit. Um, (laughs) I, I think I know a security guard that probably is and which one that sounds like, but that's neither here nor there, but that's that's why they don't want people to carry guns because they got to pay them more. They don't want to have to pay them more because Cresco is personally realizing, that, I guess, that it's more money to wholesale their product than it is to have dispensaries. Um, and that's where I think they're kind of starting to go. And Wrigley being the Flagstaff store will be the last one to go. But I've heard rumors that they were going to close the Buffalo Grove store because it wasn't generating enough income for them. Um, They were working more on selling out of other states. And I go to Michigan quite a bit. And I can tell you, they sell their ounces for $99 in Michigan. And then you are here in Illinois and that's like way too much fucking money. And their
0: cartridges, which cost like $120 in here in Illinois, they cost $30 in Michigan. Yep, And that's their uh, liquid live resin cartridges. They're like top tier one, but then their budget brand, this, the, the, the uh, high supply, which I believe goes for like 90 a gram here in Illinois goes for $15 a gram in Michigan. Yep.
1: It's insane. Um,
0: this edible that I got from Michigan, I don't know who these comp, this company is, so I'd hate, I hate it if this is like a not good value company, but it's just a good point. Like this is a 200 milligram gummy. Uh, yeah. two, four different gummies so 50 milligram four 50 milligram gummies right yeah. and this package costs six dollars
1: yeah. i get uh i get the hype gummies a lot where it's only five dollars for 100 milligrams wow. and it's five gummies that are 20 milligrams like and they smack every time and um unlike illinois companies they're not They're not losing money, so they're uh, still able to pay for things like dye and food color shit like that, whereas I'm pretty sure the good news gummies are about to have no color to them because they're not willing to pay for the dye or something anymore. (laughs) Like, I was cutting, like, all these crazy corners I've heard from a lot of different people, but I can just honestly say I'm happy I'm not working in it. Um, My mental health has been a lot better, my state of mind, uh, my everything. Um, that place literally just like eats your soul. Uh, the way it seems like a lot of my coworkers who have also left got on their feet and things have turned around a lot better. Um, I don't know. It's something about Sunnyside. It's something about Cresco. It's I don't know. It's horrible, and I'm I'm worried about everybody in that store now, because that's uh that whole security guard thing is fucking terrifying, and I'm super happy I'm not there anymore.
0: Well, yeah, I feel weird giving it airtime, but like seriously, people like Cresco, and I saw Charlie Cresco at the safe banking thing, and they all go to the safe banking stuff, I'm sure, and try to make sure that it gets through. But I specifically saw him at testimony because they want safe banking. And what I hear from a lot of the companies is that it would make the cannabis businesses less dangerous because then they wouldn't have to deal in all cash. And it's like, it's it's, inter- it's interesting to hear them say that and complain about robberies across many different states and how dangerous it all is, but then not staff their flagship stores or, or frankly, their stores in one of their most profitable markets uh, with with any form of security.
1: Yeah.
0: Security. Um, uh,
1: the security team that was at that sunny side were absolutely amazing. All, all of the people that were inside our building, all of the guards that were outside our building last summer, um, those people were great. They were great people. They made all of us feel so comfortable, so safe. Like, I mean, you got bar crawls with people going all the way the fuck down Clark Street, and you got to get around that to get in and out just for a break to go get something to fucking eat, dude. And, like, security was the only one there to be able to get you into the building. I mean, I don't even understand how they're going to operate the rest of this summer with that being what it is, with, like, games being what they are, with Wrigleyville being what it is. I mean, for God's sakes, dude, people were, like, trying to fuck in our bathrooms and, like, hit vape pens, and, like, they couldn't contain that with guards, and now they think they're going to be able to handle any of this without us, like, properly staffed security guard team? Like, that's insane, and that's wrong on so many fucking levels.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't even realize that part of what this person was saying would like add to your or kind of back up your story. Oh, that's yeah. kind of funny. I started reading, I was like, "This sounds familiar."
1: I was sent the video of this security guard dragging that person out. Like, I, I, I got a whole wealth of lovely footage. If a nice little lawyer ever wants to come this way and uh, talk to any of us, I'm sure a bunch of us have shit stored away for this, but.
0: Yeah, sounds like you all do have things stored with regard to this, emails and stuff like that. So, well, damn, this was really good. And I'm glad we were were able to connect. And as I've told all of the others, you're welcome. Oh, is there a dog coming at you? Sounds like. Uh,
1: Oh, I have four dogs and my mailman's about to walk to my house.
0: Oh, do you want to give your mailman an opportunity to say hi to the Chilomay podcast?
1: No, I don't think he likes weed very much.
0: Oh, damn. Square. i'm just joking i'm just joking he's doing the good work what's up
1: i'm gonna have to close out and say bye though
0: yeah no that's what i was about to say thank you uh for your time and as i told all the others uh you're always welcome on the show so
1: thank you i'll reach out to you
0: all right take care
1: Bye. bye